good morning for Northeast by Midwest. My name, yeah, you figured it out. It's Jonathan Jones, and today I am with Dale Crabs. Oh yeah, and we we've already been hamming it up here for an hour, right, brother? Yeah, we have. I, I should have been recording the whole thing because we've we've already covered politics, we covered families, we even had a sweet time of prayer, didn't we? It was awesome. So I'm here today with my brother Dale, and he has a lot of things he can teach many of us. But one of the things he's done that he won't say it, so I will, but he is a good, solid businessman. But not only that, he is a Christian businessman. Amen? Amen. And so today, uh, by, I don't know if it's a good way to say it, but I'll say it, by hook or by crook, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to work our way kind of through that. And so yeah. Dale, he may give us a few biblical principles. He will definitely give us that, but also some business principles. And so... Before we do that, can you, if you don't mind, tell us what you do like right now today for business and uh, what, what is it, how do you make money and how do you make a living today? Well, my main income is my craft salt storage business, which okay. I got in the, back in the uh, early 90s. Okay. Uh, oh, I didn't, so you've been doing it for almost 30, well, over 30 I've been years. I've been a long time. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't very much storage around, as you know now, there's a storage yeah. building on every corner which always amazed me because I'm thinking, wow, if they keep building them pretty soon, I'm going to have to practically give my spaces away. But for some reason, yeah. Americans like to store stuff. So I, I don't think <laughs> I've said, I don't think I've used this word on one of my podcasts and so I'm going downhill, but let me just say it. We got a lot of crap in America, don't we? Oh, it's, it's amazing <laughs> because uh, I find that when we sell off spaces, you know, when people don't pay or whatever, yeah. or I watch people bring stuff and put them in a storage and bring them out, uh, I say, you know, you could get a little tiny space and throw out 90% of that because eventually you're going to just throw it all in trash anyways, and that's yeah. what people do. Now, there's a lot of people storing good stuff, and usually it's temporarily because that's, it's a stop on the way or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So so you do craft cell storage, and for our local people, you've got, oh, no, I'm just trying to remember, but you've got two in Lisbon, correct? you got the one two in on, Lisbon, yep, and one and in Thompson. One in Thompson. Yep. And, and just, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but from our other conversations, if you were going back into business, you would, you, you'd probably do this big time right well what i could have done you know I, I, I was privileged because it's been a good income and i've had people running it and stuff so it's given me a lot of freedom and i got involved in a lot of politics and got to do a lot of things that you know i had an income while people were running it so i could do other things that the lord lead me, led me to do yeah uh i probably could have up 30 locations if i wanted to be aggressively chasing yeah. and build them you know an empire sure uh, yeah. but i had i had a good income coming in i had my freedom um so it's been a bit of a real blessing. The Lord, Lord has certainly blessed it. Well, and Dale won't say this, but I will. He did build an empire, the Crafts Empire, which is uh, way more important. You have, and, and just to remind us, you have six children, am I right? Yes. Yes, you have six children. Six children, yes. And what does the Bible say? Uh, children are like arrows. Yeah, blessed are the man whose quiver is full. Yes, and if it, you want to go to war, you don't want one arrow. You want as many as you can have. Amen. So build an army, have children. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get out there. And, 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 and as we always tell our kids, do it right, get married. Amen. And uh, then right. and then have lots of babies. Well, you want God's favor. That's right. Amen. That's why if you if you stick to God's principles and, and you fear God, and and you want His favor and you want His hand on Him, uh, obedience uh, is better is better than sacrifice. Amen. Yeah. And so, and as you build that love relationship, as you love someone, the more that you'll protect them and the more you'll serve them. Yeah. And as Christians, we're supposed to be servants. Amen. Slaves to Jesus Christ and do what he wants us to do. That's right. Yeah, that, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, yeah, that is. That are, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, another pastor the day about it. A lot of our English Bibles 
have taken out the word slave, and that's the actual translation. You know, we are slaves of Christ. You We're going to remember that every day. <clears throat> I had put in my phone back, and it was, I think, around 2014 or 15, I was in the legislature, and uh, sitting in the House, and I said, you know what, i got to stop making life about me. Hmm. It's in my phone today, so a reminder that comes up in my calendar, and it simply says, it's not about me. Huh. Amen. Because I want to make it about me. That's our flesh. That's what we want to do. How I feel, what I want, and all that stuff. I have to remind myself, right? Because I'm an old sinner just trying to become more like Christ. Is Dale, don't make today about you, make it about others. Amen. Well, I mean, that's, you can't probably start a business a whole lot better off than that, right? (laughs) Well, the thing is, it's funny when you start a business, you are serving people and you're trying to give them, you know, Today, we don't have a lot of good, you know, it used to be that you served people, you know, you used to pull up at a gas station, they washed your windshield, checked your oil, filled your gas can, and all that. That's what we used to have in America. We built America on that. A lot of that's gone away. Yeah. And people do like businesses that care about the customers. Now, my my, my, my manager down there that runs my, my stores, uh, I said, remember, one thing I'm going to teach you, the customer is always right. But she would look at me, well, no, they're not. I said, no, they're not always right. But they're always right. But you can, in the end, Try to meet, have them leave happy. That's right. Fix their problem, give them their money back, yeah. do whatever you can do. Under one exception, if they get disrespectful, use inappropriate language, and disrespect you, you have my permission to ask them to leave and tell them we don't want their business. That's right. So that I do allow with me. As long as people are respectful, then we're going to go out of our way and make the customer always right. That's how you build it. And it's all about word of mouth more than it is advertising. That's right. Amen. So you've already started this off the right way. I I wanted to just talk about whether it's some principles, stories. So I'll let you get your mind thinking. You know, if I'm a young guy, so, uh, you know, I want to start a business or a young lady. What would be some ways that you would say, (laughs) stay away from this, do this, do that. Principles in the Bible. So as you think about it, (laughs) one of the verses that comes to my mind from the scripture is uh, it's in Romans 12, and it says, if at all possible, live at peace with all men. Now, we know that's not always possible, right? Uh, But would that be fair as a legit biblical principle for a Christian to say, you know, look, I mean, it sounds like what you were just saying, that, you know, you're going to have people that are going to be disagreeable, but who wants to make enemies? And, you know, Christians are told to love our enemies. That's easy, isn't it? <laughs> you know, but, but the reality is, you know, I understand the business. You're, you're, it's a dog-eat-dog world. I get that. But I think that that's probably, would it be fair to say that's a good principle when we think as a Christian yeah. business person that, you know, as best possible, because you're going to end up running into somebody somewhere along the way that's probably going to either be a blessing to your business or not. You know, what do you think? Oh, you do, you do. You, you have all kinds of challenges with businesses. And I can tell you that out in this world, it's dog-eat-dog, and you have a lot of unsane people that have businesses that you compete with. So in the same industry, now I grew up, my dad was a car dealer. He grew up you know, in 1951. He, he, he bought a piece of land here in Lisbon up on the hill. Yeah. He, he bought a used bulldozer. He, he took all the trees down. Uh, him and his brother uh, put a foundation in. They laid all the since in the block and built the business. They're still setting it. Yep. So, so 70 years, over 70 years. John D. Kratz. John D. Kratz, my dad. And, and he taught hard work and, and he had a vision. And you've got to have a vision. Like I, I always, I love this verse with Proverbs uh, 29, 18, where there's no vision, the people perish. Mm, amen. And so with business, it starts out with a vision. You know, people, people go to work and uh, they're learning the work ethic. 
But I find that I always talk to people and they always say, you know, I wish I just had my own business. I have that independence. And I have that, and I can do, you know, I can grow it. I can, you know, maybe, maybe leave it to my family or whatever. So people have a real desire to get into business. Unfortunately, sometimes people jump into businesses that ain't a bad idea, but it's just not viable. And there's ways that you have to really do your homework you do, yeah. to make sure, and you really should sit down with people that have a lot of business experience and run the idea by them because so many people, uh, they take an equity loan out and start a business, and guess what happens? It goes belly up. Now yes. they got the, now they got another mor- that mortgage payment when the house is getting ready to pay for. They pull all that equity out and, they, they, and it's gone. And so there's people got to be very careful in business. So kind of like proverbs. The reason I wanted to bring you on here, and I you, you're already you're I'm already smelling what you're cooking. I'm picking up what you're laying down. <laughs> but I want to say to those that are going to listen, including myself, kind of like proverbs says, you know, hear, listen. So. Uh, I want you to continue this, and, and now we're going to take a little different tone. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're going to talk to me, so talk to me, Jonathan Jones, and if I'm going to get into business, and you say, look, here's, here's some things that you need to do, here's some things not to do, and you can, you know, like you and I talk, you can tell stories, whatever you want. I want you mm-hmm. to take the, I'll ask a few questions, but one of the things I want to ask you to start it, though, is there a certain kind, by and large, so maybe it's a generality, is there a certain kind of personality uh, and what I mean by that to start a business is it seems like <clears throat> one of the things in, in being a pastor, it's not equal to business, but you do have to be a self-starter. You know, you're not at church making sure that I'm doing my job. You know, I, I do have accountability and different things, but, um, you know, so it seems like over the years from at least people I've watched that start businesses, most people that are successful are very much self-driven would that be fair oh so, so you, in other words you got to know yourself or have people that are pushing you so talk to me if i'm coming to you and say dale i want to start a business what kind of just inward things do i need to have in my life whether it's as a christian businessman or just in general you'd say look if you're like this you need some help you know well certainly <clears throat> you got to have a lot of fortitude you got to have a lot of determination and you can't be a quitter because business man the test comes sometimes mm-hmm. just with the economy shift Oh, when yeah. you go from prosperity to a, a, a recession where you have to rein in your overhead, you've got to, I remember what time with storage back in, in, in 2008 when we had all that big crash and everything went on, you know, my storage occupancy dropped down to like in the 60s. Now, break-even was self-storage industry rough. So if you went out and you, you were going to build a, a location for self-storage, you don't get into the profit margin until you have about 55% occupancy. So what do you do from zero to 55? So if you don't have the working capital sitting there to lose money until you get to the break-even point. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm kind of jumping around here. So, so them are the things that you have to prepare for. And lots of times you, you step out by faith and you're not really prepared because you don't have the business experience. Right. And then the pressure comes on. Right. And, then... and you're going to go belly up. Now, I thought I was going to go belly up because... I went through a very hard divorce, and you know, when divorce comes, uh, you have to divide things up. Now, the Lord was faithful through all that, and uh, and I've done very well, and I got through that. And so, but you have to have something to fall back on. Right. And I had some some good mentors in my life that I could fall back on mm-hmm. to help me get through there. Yeah. Now, sometimes people go back to uh, borrowing money or have family members help help them to get a business started. Well, that's great, 
but make sure you've got a business that's going to prosper because in the end, if you go belly up and then you owe all these people money, right? that brings a stress onto your life that's just incredible. So, so what, what I'm hearing from you though, and, and it's interesting enough, it's, uh, you know, when we think of not just business principles, but you're a Christian. So this exactly. is a Christian businessman. Right. You know, the, these are one of the things I'm more and more impressed by the Bible is the words uh, patience, endurance, perseverance, not yeah, quitting. Yeah. So, you know, and even for somebody who's not a Christian, our call would be come to Christ, right? <laughs> Become a Christian. You know, that yeah. that's way more important. But as a businessman and a Christian businessman, it's even more important to not quit. And one of the things I was thinking, I meant to look this up, but you can probably remember better than I can. Isn't there a statistic out there about new businesses that like, is it like three out of four fail the first time? I mean, it's it's really a high rate, right? Of, it is a high so, rate. Uh, <clears throat> I, you know, and I don't know much. I just have experience. But I, I, I drive down the streets and I see these People rent, you know, they'll rent a spot and they'll start a business on going, that won't last six months. Right. There's some things, people just get excited, they want to be in business for themselves and they blindly step out. Oh, you cannot blindly step out. Mm-hmm. And too many people do that. Um, and then, you know, then they have to pay for a long time. Lots of times they'll stop putting stuff on credit cards to get through another month, pay that rent. Next thing you know, yeah. You know, they're following bankruptcy. Now, the average, this was an old statistic, and I was going to look it up, and I, I, I didn't look up the new statistic, but years ago, there was a statistic that the, a, a newly opened business that survives doesn't, get a, doesn't make a profit for at least five years. Wow. So that means you've got to lose money up <clears throat> to five years. So you got to have either a huge amount of cash or, oh, or another job. Or a line of credit. And, you know, there's a lot of risks. People think yeah. people in a business, well, they must have money. Well, yeah. not necessarily. They're in business right. scratch out of living. They usually work at 80, 90 hours a week. We take the, the, rest, the restaurant industry right now. Yeah. You can't hire any waitresses. Oh. You can't hire any staff. Right. These restaurant owners are working 100 and 110 hours a week. Most people that start businesses that, that, are, that are not going to quit, that are passionate about building their business, they'll work 70, 80 hours a week. Well, my dad works 70, 80 hours a week sometimes. So what are, what, what are you working now? I mean, you're, um, you're, you're 63, right? I'm 63, so, yeah. so just so for those on here, Dale's not an old man. He'll tell you that, but he's not. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's a seasoned man. But uh, roughly, how many hours are you working a week now? I don't work as much. So right now I'm doing a lot of uh, maintenance work because being in a wheelchair that I have to have somebody with, that can reach stuff and do things. Right. You know, I know how to do it, but sometimes I'm, I'm limited physically. Sure, yeah. And so I'm trying to get all my buildings in, because I have a lot of buildings with the storage bed in three locations and trying to get all that stuff up. So um, I'm going to say I probably put a good 20 hours a week in, but you got to remember, I built up, up the business. I have a very good income coming in with somebody manning in it. So, right. Uh, but it took years to get up to that point. Right, and and so the point I was trying to make was, let's go front to back. So yep. if you're doing, let, and, and Dale is a very conservative guy, which I am too, politically, but mm-hmm. also he's conservative personally. So he mm-hmm. probably works more like 30 hours a week. He's just telling you 20. Well, it could be, you know, right? yeah. But, but let's just- Well, I work, I work all the time. Right, you do. I'm, well, I'm talking about the, just the storage part. Of you're it, talking I'm about always storage. You, right. you know my whole- my whole geothermal project oh, out here, okay? So, oh, I know. You know Dale, Dale is a hard worker, and, and he may have a few challenges uh, uh, physically, but he surely makes up for it mentally. So, I, I, I want your mind. So, but let's walk back 10, let's walk back 30 years in 10 year increments. So, if you're working, let's say, let's say it's more like 22 to 25 hours, but you, you said 20. So, how many hours would you be working in that business 10 years ago? 
in theory, you know, whether you're... Well, I'm going to go all the way back to when I was 19 years old, okay, 19 great. years old. Okay, my dad, you know, when we grew up, you know, he, he was, a, I call a host trader. You oh. never knew what he was coming home with because people with card business would come in and they want to buy a card, didn't have any money down. They said, okay, dad would say, what do you have to trade? Well, one time he come home with a pony. <laughs> okay, sometimes he'd come home with a dirt bike. I'd get to ride for a while until he sold it, you know, because he, because he, everything, he didn't get attached to anything. Everything was buy it, sell it, make a profit, make a living, and something else would come down the road, you know, you know, buy houses, he whatever. And I learned in principles. And actually when I was, before my accident, well, you know, I bought my first house at 19 years old, first investment. And, um, and, the, and the thing I learned that stuff from dad, because he was a hard worker and I saw how he just made money by buying something and then, you know, turning around selling it. And so it was pretty good. So anyways, at that point in my life, I started taking on, I was buying used mobile homes. I was working a full-time job. I was flipping like cars or whatever I could find a deal on. And I remember that I had so much going on. I was probably working 60 hours a week when I was 19, 20 years old right. between my side businesses and my full-time job. But that's how my dad worked. And then he taught me a lot of principles. Yeah. Now I worked for him, and I got to tell this little story. Yeah. Tell. Okay. Dad has an impeccable reputation. That's hard. To, that's hard to have in a used car business oh, because yeah. we didn't. We don't manufacture the vehicles. Right. And they break down. So if you but you sell somebody a car that breaks down, it's your fault, even though you didn't manufacture it. Right. right? So you got to keep people happy. Right. Well, Dad had this incredible warranty. He was the first one to start the 90-day, 100% guarantee when you bought a car. Nobody other dealers in the state of Maine did it. They all eventually followed that because he set such an example. But the thing with Dad was, it wasn't just 90 days. If they came back and pleaded with him about, hey, no, John, you sold me this car, he would just fix it. I'm talking way past the warranty. Wow. So when I was young, I gotta tell you this quick story. I was a hothead, and I would be doing the warranty work for Dad. And this one particular lady in town bought this, I remember it was her, a Plymouth Horizon that had a water leak. And she was a nice looking lady that dressed really nice because she had an office job. And when she drove down the road, when it was raining, the water would drip right on her, her, her dress or her knee. Oh, no. Well, I tore, I tore that car apart completely, interior, the headliner and everything, looking for a leak. I thought I'd fix several leaks, put it all back together. No, still leaking. I don't know how many times. I was getting mad. I said to Dad, I said, you know something, Dad? All you run here is a welfare program anyways, because you give everything away. <laughs> and this is what he told me. I said, I'll forget it. It was a real learning moment. He said, oh, yeah? So I sold her a car. I've sold her cars before. I sold her husband a car. She's got a brother who sold a car, and he went down, all down the list on all the people in that little group of people that he sold cars to. He goes, why do you think they keep coming back? Yeah. Whack! I mean, that was a whack, right? Yeah. And anyways, eventually I did find the leak. Okay. But uh, so, can so, I ask you a quick yeah. question then? What I'm hearing you say then, as not just a businessman, but as a Christian businessman, yeah. is character over currency. Oh, so, in other words, no question. You'll make money. There's always money to be made. Yeah. But be a man. Be a woman of character. Hundred percent. My dad has that, an impeccable reputation all okay. over this this state. Oh, he sure does. Uh, in the used car business, which is a very unusual thing. And, and he, was, he was a blessing. He always stuck to his principles. I'm going to give one more example. These are things that I remember. He always paid his taxes. Hmm. Yeah. He never put cash in his pocket. He used to have another car dealer friend who used to laugh at him. Look at this, Johnny D. He goes, look at this water cash. I go, the IRS ain't getting any of that. And Dad said, that's right. Uh, 
this particular man was named Ken. He goes, that's all right, Ken, because one day we're going to have to answer to something bigger. Right, yeah. Amen. And so I remember this one time, somebody came into the garage, and they went out back, and they found a used tire. We took off the car with a little bit of treadmill. Mm-hmm. And they went to my father, and and, they, and, he, and he said, well, how much you want for that tire? I'll give me $5. And Dad took the $5, went into the office, and put it into the till so that it would be counted for. He wasn't going to put it in his pocket because it has to be tax paid on that. It was a $5 profit. Wow. That's that's my dad. That's character. Okay, so that's what he instilled in us boys. Amen. And my sister Beth, she's in business, and we're in business, and that's the reputation. Because he was taught that as a boy brought up in a Christian home by his mom and his dad. It always do right. To live for the Lord, you're going to answer to Him, and so that's the foundation as a business, as a, as a Christian business person. That's, uh, because that's it's perfect. not worth. It. Now I'm going to go another example. In the car business, when you go to a car auction to buy an auction, to buy a car at an auction, mm-hmm. I've seen auctioneers, dealers go up to auctioneers, I witness my own eye, and give them money and stuff in their pocket cash. So when that car comes up on the auction block, he would he would pay the auctioneer. So he would end up with that car. So all these other dealers were at a disadvantage. And so when you're a Christian and you're competing in the Christian world, in, 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 the, uh, in, in, a, in the business market, you're competing with people that are cheating. Yeah, right. So it's harder. The deck is stacked. The deck is stacked. But we know who made the cards. Well, you got it. So His name is Jehovah. And, 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 and it's not worth it because it's one day it. it's going to be worth it all when we see Jesus. Because our reward Amen. will be wait, waiting. This is all going to burn up. That's right. But what we put ahead uh, in heaven for reward is what we're going to live for the eternity. Amen. We have to look. We have to think about the world that we really supposed to live in. This is one we're just passing through. That's right. We're Amen. just pilgrims on pilgrim progress. We're just pilgrims going and, down the road. And honesty always pays. You know, honesty and, and, always pays. And if I can add this as a as a caveat, because you're just getting rolling. If you know Dale, he's just getting rolling. I don't want to stop his rolling. So, by the way, for those of you that don't know, um, you know, Dale, uh, and I mean rode the coattails, but built his own kingdom in a good way. Uh, he served our town and our state as a state rep and a state senator, and uh, also uh, ran uh, to represent us in Washington. And uh, some of us uh, think he probably won that, but that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, well, not well, Senate, I didn't serve in the Senate. Right, no, no, that's right. House. You yeah. did the House, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Well, I think it, it was a prophecy that you, maybe you will serve in the Senate. <laughs> oh, oh boy, <laughs> now, now look what I'm starting. Easy now, okay. easy now. Now, now, we're, now we're digressing. Sorry, yeah, why did I say Senate? That's, that's Jeff Timberlake. But we do yeah. want to do a shout out to Rick Mason and Jeff Timberlake, our oh, awesome good friends. Yeah. And uh, as we make this, we're getting ready to go to the voting booth. But yeah, uh, amen. we're praying that uh, they get back in and uh, that... Uh, God shows that, us favor. That it shows us favor and by good grace that we see a, a, a red wave here in the country. And uh, anyway, there's a variety of other things that we're praying for, for this for this nation and our state. Um, but one of the things I was going to say, when I got married, and I, I may have should just put a podcast, but my, my dad pulled me aside. And uh, I know your dad, in a lot of ways, cut from, we're cut from similar plots, you know, different paths. But And I don't know if I shared this with you before. And he, he says, hey, son, this is, this is going to embarrass my wife, but I don't even know if she listens to my podcast. So it is what it is. <laughs> but uh, he goes, hey, I want to talk to you about the wedding night. <laughs> oh, okay, dad. And I, and I remember I was like, I think I'm good. You know, and we had, by God's grace, we'd waited to consummate. And so, you know, but, but, but dad's like, 
I don't want to talk to you about the wedding night. It was the night before, and I'm like, Dad, I think I'm good. Really, don't. I'm sure if my mother listens to this, she'll be good. She'll, she'll be uh, she'll be getting hot flashes. But anyway, you know. And so, but then, then the tone changed, and my dad looked at me and goes, "All right, Jonathan." He goes, "I'm going to talk to you about marriage." You know, and this is my mentor. I know it's like your dad. Yeah. One of my best friends. Uh, he's a godly man. He wasn't a perfect father. Your dad wasn't perfect. You're not. I'm not. Right. But he was a man I looked up to, a man I'd take a bullet for, a man I'd take a bullet for me. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and goes, you work hard, son, because marriage is hard work. Did you hear me, Jonathan? You work hard. And as I, as I turn to walk away, my dad grabs my shoulder and goes, work hard, son, because marriage is hard work. Amen. Now, this wasn't a podcast on marriage, but same principle. Your, but, same principle. but your dad... And, and, and I think that's I just what I want to add as a question. You fill it in, but you got to work hard. And the fact of the matter is to make money, you got to spend money and you got to work hard. Right. And, and and I know that you're not um, a wealthy man, but I know God's blessed you because of your faithfulness and your hard work. And the same with your dad. And for those who don't know to listen mm-hmm. to this, um, we might as well give uh, not just to Dale Crafts, but. Your brother, um, David Crafts, owns Crafts Dealership now. Yep. Your brother, Randy. Randy you got owned a, the transport company. The transport. You, you got a sister who's got a very, um, I don't know if lucrative is the right term, but every very time I see Very successful real estate. Very yep. successful real estate. And, and yep. they have other siblings as well. Yep. But as the Crafts family, God has blessed. And it's not accidental. No. Part of it's your mom and your dad. And let's yes. not leave your mom out because... She was there right, every right, night. Right, she was, you know, what, what what a great mom and a dad. The yeah. reality is, though, you guys, I, knowing your dad, you busted your butts. And so it, yeah. is it fair to say, you know, it, it, in Christianity, I mean, King David, King Solomon, Elijah, Elisha, you know, God is sovereign. But, you know, in his sovereignty, he told us to get to work. And so it takes hard work, right? And, and speak well, a little bit to that. Well, like, well, what? Yes, it does. And I'll just say this with dad. And if he, if he was here telling you stories, he ended up selling the building that he bought because he couldn't make it. Mm. Okay? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So going through that time when you don't have that working capital, which I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Please. If you don't have the working capital to fall back on for the first four or five years as you lose money. And so he ended up being the youngest motor, uh, Ford Motor Company uh, uh, in New England. He was only oh. like 20... Remember, he told me 22, 23 years old, and he had a Ford dealership here in Lisbon Falls. Oh, no way. Yes, and when he went to the board, big board meetings down there, there in Boston, with them, they come together with all the, the dealers in New England. They wanted to know whose son he was because he was too young to own a dealership. <laughs> but he didn't have the working capital. Right. He had to end up selling that dealership out and he sold his building. Now, he bought it back years later and they're still there. Right. Okay. But because he didn't have the working capital, right. he had the vision. He had the work ethic. He had the desire, but he didn't have the money to fall back on to get through that. Now he kept grinding. He kept grinding. Actually, after he sold that out, he moved to Florida, and that's when I was born down there for the short time because he was down there on another business adventure that he was going to try down in Florida. That didn't work out. He came back home, anyways, and he stayed in the cabins all these years. Yeah. So you know that's the thing, and and the, and the good part of his hard work, and I want to say this because I do want to give a shout out to my mom is she always supported him. Yeah. And this is a, the, the blessing of dad's hard work. Yes, he worked a lot. We wished we had more time with our dad, but guess what? Mom stayed home. Yeah. And we had mom all the time. 
Yeah. She always made us a meal, dressed us, took care of us, went to all our sporting events. Because of his hard work, yeah. mom got to stay home. Today, you don't feel a lot of that anymore. Right, yeah. And so that's some of the blessings of being in business, that you can do some of them things, you know? Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So so I'm a young guy. I'm in business. Let's let's go to, you know, whether it's like, uh, you've already given us a couple, but what would be a couple of other, like, specific you know, Bible verses or stories that you share, you know, from your family or your past that you'd say, hey, look, you know, as not just a businessman, but as a Christian businessman, these are things that God's done or taught me in my life. Hard work. And, and you know, I, I want to, I don't want to stop there. I want to stop there, I guess. What I want to say is, you know, I think too often as Christians, we, we use God's providence and sovereignty as an excuse. His sovereignty is an excuse. Within that, he gave us responsibility. He told Moses, pick up the staff. And so the point being, God is on the throne, but He gave us a mind and a will, and we gotta we, we gotta move, right? Yeah. And and I guess what I would say in, in an America that has been shifting so much that hey, you know, the government's here to give you this, or you know, don't worry about that. At the end of the day, uh, surely having a business and a small business and a local business, you gotta bust your butt. There is hard work yeah. and perseverance. You know, there's some really great benefits come out of that because we know God's principle is on giving. Yes. And I know with dad, you know, he's been a big giver. Oh. Because, you know, we, we, the Lord's blessing, and we really don't own this stuff. Right. It's like my house here. Okay? I live in this nice house. And I struggled with it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I just keep praying, and I changed my prayer. Yeah. I, I used to pray, Lord, uh, you know, bless my house. Mm-hmm. You know what I bless now? I say, Lord, thank you for this house you allowed me to live in. Yeah. Lord, thank you for this business. Mm-hmm. I, when I pray in the morning, when I pray for my business, thank you for the business you allowed me to manage. Amen. Truth of the matter, he owns it all. He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills, all the silver and all the mines. He said he owns it all. Amen. It can be here today and gone tomorrow. Yep. And we're just great stewards. We have to be stewards of that. And you have to be a steward that it was being a steward, it's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. Yeah. And I think one of them is God puts a lot of businessmen in business because they have the opportunity to make a lot of money to give to God's work. That's right. Now I think of JC Penny, the story of JC Penny. Yeah. His goal, he used to tie 10%, but his goal in the end was to, to tie 90%, and he did. Wow. Because I know another guy that's, it's, who's probably worth about a billion dollars, okay? And I know at this time, about 20 years ago, and he, he, has, he has a lot of pastors and staff and churches that he pays, missionaries, he's built churches, he's built buildings, he's wrote the check. And he absolutely believed that none of it was his, and he was only the steward of that. He wouldn't even buy himself a nice car, he'd drive a rental car. Because he, he thought that, you know, wait a minute, Lord, I can't waste the money on it. And the guy was worth a billion dollars. And I know that there was one point about 25 years ago that he gave away to the ministry $1 million a month that he was committed to. And the people would pay And so, truth of the matter is, we don't really, we think we own it. And I always like to take it back. And I hit, oh Lord, forgive me. And I always like, because I worked hard and I, and I have these things he allows me to manage, I think they're mine. Right. Well, let the Lord use them as a tool and give because... That's the one, one thing, wonderful thing about being in business because there's no end to what God can yeah. bless. Well, and we can see that. Like, you know, I've never met him, but from what I see of like Esther and Kathy, he's the one that owns uh, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I love, I love Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Christian guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we can go down. And, and you said J.C. Penny. I think you mentioned J.C. Laterno. Is it no, J.C. Penny stores. Oh, so whoever the starter with that is. Okay, maybe it well maybe it was J.C. Penny because there's another I guy so. I know, that, and maybe that's who it was. There's another guy then, Laterno, 
he wrote a book and he was from down in Texas and did the same thing. He had given 90%. Yeah. And so the point being yeah. like, I think that's a big, a big, a big thing I wanted to bring up here because there's people that are going to listen that are businessmen and businesswomen and they're good at what they do. And they might even be better at what they do than some of our Christians. The difference is we're not better. Don't take it that way. We, we work for a different, we work for a different reason. We want to make as much money as possible uh, as a, now I'm saying this, I work as a pastor, so don't anybody think that I'm, <laughs> I'm talking as if I'm a businessman yeah. and my church is good to me. I'm not, I'm not complaining, but if somebody's getting into business as a Christian, you're going to have to make some hard decisions. And I think the biggest hard decision is, am I doing this for my own kingdom or for the ultimate you glory of God, you know, and, and what I want to say to you is I won't name names. Yeah, I will name names. Um, I will forever be thankful for Erie Souter that started uh, Souter Woodworking out in Northwest Ohio and and his son Merle who recently passed away and, and they're in glory um, in the um, the you guys remind me a lot of them they were hardworking they started by making church pews and now they still make some church pews although more churches do chairs now but now they do like uh, urns and things of that nature and yeah. they do ready-made furniture you can go they have a huge um, and they, they started as a Christian organization I don't know where they're at today I know another guy Russ Watson who he's with the Lord now and I remember watching Russ write my dad a check for a hundred and twenty thousand dollars yeah. Youth for Christ yeah. and I remember Russ looking at my dad and and me looking at my dad, I'm in Bible college, and my dad on the way out looks at me and goes, you know, Jonathan, this is why God blesses people, so they can bless his kingdom. And Amen. so, you know, the reality is, uh, that was the biggest check I ever saw wrote to somebody. $120,000 well, is a lot of money. Well, <laughs> well, you, you just triggered a memory, because you said $120,000. Right. I got to tell you this quick thing. Okay. No, when no. open to a Bible church, yeah. back when we started that, Yeah. Well, we was bringing in so many kids on buses. We had no Sunday school classes. Okay. So all went along. We had heaters in the bus. So the kids showed up on the buses, stayed in the buses. We put heaters in the buses, and we had Sunday school classes in the buses. And there was 10 different buses. Awesome. So Pastor Garnett said, listen, we've got a, we need Sunday school classes. Yeah. So we put this big, I was the treasurer of the church, and we put this big addition on massive foundation he put on the ground. And we really didn't have the money. <laughs> and he would just step up my faith because right. he said, well, Lord put me on the side. Right. I just on my heart. So we got this foundation and you got no in the ground and we still owe money on that, right? And we still got to build a building. And when is coming? Yeah. I never forget, it was a Wednesday night service. I go in there and there was a great head guy, the guy that I talked about earlier. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay? Yeah. And he's sitting in the pew. And then at the end of the service, we're out, in the, we're out in the foyer and he's talking to the pastor and he says, hey, what do you got going on? I see you got a big foundation out there. I heard there's really things happening here. You got bus roads, you're picking up kids and that's going on. So the pastor told him, he said, you know, yeah, you know, this is the, where the point. And, and, he, and he goes, well, what's it going to take for you to finish the rest of this building? He said, well, about 120000 And when you said 120000 it triggered yeah. that. Well, must have been the Lord. Oh, yeah. yeah. So next thing you know, Monday morning, this guy calls pastor and says, okay, I'm gonna put a check in the mail today for 120,000. Oh my gracious. And he built that thing. Hallelujah. Yeah, so that's what businessmen do. Not all, but you either can store your treasure here or and die because naked you come in and naked you're gonna leave. That's right. So what are you gonna store ahead? That's right. Right? Preach. What are you gonna store ahead? 
Well, so we oh, live. Yeah. We got to live in the. We got to live in the world that, that we're, we're, we're the world we're going to. Amen. A home. This Amen. is not a home. We're passing through. So stop hanging on to stuff. And I'm preaching to me. Stop hanging on to preach, stuff. Preach. Preach. You ain't taking it with you. It's that old story. Store tree. it over there. That sheep can preach. I love it, man. <laughs> so well, now that we're telling stories, I got to tell a story about yeah. our church that yeah. you've lived. And then it'll give you a minute to, we'll kind of bring it to a close. And, yeah. you know, we'll probably have 50 parts of this over the years because everybody just gets a little flavor of our conversations, right? <laughs> this is what's fun, man. I, yeah. wait, Dale and I literally could do this all day. If I, if we could only get paid to do this. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you remember when we were paying off our gym yeah. and we owed, I think it was a little more, I think it was about 150, but maybe we were around 125 and we had made a plan. It was 2014 and it just goes to show the goodness of God and why sometimes and maybe you can speak to this a little bit too in not jumping too quickly in business and being patient, yeah. but yet not waiting too long. Well, time. So, so maybe you can think of a story or something to close us with in this. And so it was 2013 and I planned it. I met with the trustees. I met with the church board. Um, so about a quarter of the church, I don't know if you knew or not, but knew that we were going to pay off the gym. And what was going to happen was I was going to challenge people in the church. I had figured out that I bought a couple coffees a week, and if I remember that, yeah, if yeah. I if I stopped buying a buck fifty a couple times a week, I figured out I could give three hundred dollars just myself over and above, and so I made a commitment. I wasn't going to buy a coffee, and by God's grace, I think I maybe bought like one or two, but like you know, yeah. literally, I, yeah. Yeah. and I put all that money, and and I just challenged everybody: keep giving what you're given. You know, we're not gonna. You know, I know some churches do faith promise, but we just decided that was where the Lord led. Yeah. So I'm in Georgia at this conference in February and, and I start feeling the Holy Spirit. I was going to announce it May 1st of, uh, I think it was May 1st of 14 and, uh, March, sorry, March 1st of 14. So this is February and I start feeling the Holy Spirit as I get on the plane to come back to Maine. I don't know how to explain it, but that I was not supposed to share it. And I just thought, oh, that's ridiculous. So I put it on my head. About three weeks come by. I get up that Sunday and I was going to share it at the end of our plan. It was going to be an 18 month plan or 16 month plan. 16 or 8, maybe it was 18 months, but anyway, I think it was an 18 month plan, and we were going to have the gym paid off, you know, and 120, 150 dollars, that's a lot of money, you know, and we had it in our budget, but we were going to go above and beyond, because we wanted to get out of debt, highly encourage you if you can't get out of debt, I highly encourage our government to get out of debt, but anyway, so here's what happens, I don't know if you remember the story or not, Um, so I preached the message, and I am such under conviction not to share about this. I don't share it. And I had probably 30 people came up to me and they're like, John, Pastor John, what? why didn't you share it? I mean, what do you say to people? Like the Holy Spirit told me not to. I, and, and I really felt that. But how do you describe that? So I remember going home so discouraged because I tell people and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, the, the pastor, you know, the Holy Spirit told him not to. But, I mean, I've been planning this for a year and a half. It sounds kind of counterproductive, right? Mm-hmm. I was, I went to bed very discouraged that night. I remember getting in the office until 7.02 that morning. I got in the office about 5.15. And I just was like, Lord, what in the world is going on here? Why would you, at 7.03, I found out why. The phone rings. I'm looking for Pastor John. Yeah, you're talking to him family you'll know the Prosser family yep. lady gets on and says I gotta tell you a story that's literally how the conversation starts and I'm thinking oh okay sure uh, who are you and what's the story tells me a story about her dad he died came back to life after being dead for 45 minutes in a Tampa Bay hospital shares the gospel a bunch of people get saved and then he goes on to be a Lord. and she says I'm a Prosser and I'm thinking Prosser 
I know that name, but I'm not making the connections that you're probably making. And then she goes, hey, we sold you guys the land for the church, or maybe they gave it to us. I really don't know. But we, at the time, owned about three and a half acres off of 196 here in Lisbon. And uh, then she goes, we got another 15, 14 and a half acres. We pretty much want to give it to you, but my mom's a widow and she needs some money. So how would you guys feel? about $25,000 for a piece of land that's about a million dollars. Oh, by the way, the town of Lisbon really wants it. Let me know. Click. Now, you think about business, because I'm going to let you close this. And I am thinking to myself, is this why, Lord? So, just to let everybody know here how God works in mysterious ways, and why sometimes we got to always persevere, but sometimes we've got to be patient, right? And I would assume you have some thoughts and business in that. The next Sunday, I get up, meet with all the board, and I share that we can pay off the gym and we can own another 14 and a half acres of land. So now we own almost 18 acres of land and we're debt free. Hallelujah, Amen. right? Hallelujah. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, is there some principles within there that you'd encourage us when you think of business? Because don't you also, as much as you have to push and persevere, we have to step out. And, and you have to step out. You have to believe. You have to trust. Right. And, and what about being patient? And, and what is it oh, when you think of business? So can you just, as we kind of wrap up today, can you give us... What would be kind of just, I know that you could go on and on and on, but give us a couple final thoughts. You'd say, hey, here's some things when it comes to being a Christian businessman that, you know, look, you got to hang on to with your hat. Well, I think that, I think we all struggle with this one thing. We always want to get ahead of God. Hmm. I, I know that my whole life, my whole challenge is I get so excited about things and so passionate about things you can that get ahead of I don't want to wait for the Lord. I want to do it myself. <laughs> okay? it because that's... That's our nature. Yeah. You know, we want it now. And we're Americans, and lots of times we can get it now. Yeah. Now, sometimes the timing isn't good, and we pay a price for that. And I can tell you plenty of more stories about uh, mistakes I made in business yeah. because I, I didn't want to wait to be patient enough for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, if, you, if you have something, you have a vision, or you have a thought, and you think it's a great idea, just take it to prayer. Mm-hmm. Just take it to prayer. Mm-hmm. I always say this, and I'm a big believer in this. I pray this way so often with so many businesses and things like that. Lord, open the door or slam it shut. Hmm. And I believe he does. Now, I know there's a business, and we won't get into this story, but I went to Grenada, took my whole family down there, and I built a a, a, a long-line fishing boat up in Southwest Harbor, Maine, bought a million-dollar boat, shipped it down, trucked it down to Pompano Beach, Florida, had some Grenadians come up and navigated all the way down there, and... That was a kind of a, a, a vision I had. And I want you to know that I prayed about that huh. a lot. But the truth of that is, we pray about things. And because we prayed about it, we go ahead and do it. Right. Well, wait a where's the answer? So I tell people today when they make a major decision, you don't even have to be a major decision, every decision. Don't you think God's capable of writing that in stone so that you don't even have any question that it's an absolute slam shut door or it's a wide open door and don't do either, don't do anything until you know. Right, amen. Now, that took me a lot of hard lessons, okay? I'm a slow learner. Right. But I believe that because it's all about faith. So if you believe and you have enough faith that God is going to show you clearly what to do next, then wait until it's... So that's the patience she was talking about. That's the key right there. You know, and so just be patient, wait on the Lord, because you want him in on it. 
Oh, amen. If you do it in the flesh, it ain't no yeah. fun. And what? sometimes he says yes. Ooh. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. And I don't know about you. Sometimes oh. the hardest one is the wait. Oh, because, no question. You know, I'd rather wait. have a no or yeah. I'm impatient. I don't want to wait. I want to do it now. <laughs> no, I, I get you it. Know, if, and, if, and you, you've seen this. Like the story with the gym, story mm. with the land. The right. Lord was in that. Oh yeah. See how right. that worked out? Right. You know that that that, but the that waiting condition went. up there with open door voucher. The Lord was in that. The Lord told clearly, pass the gun and build mm-hmm. a Sunday school. Amen. Even though we don't have no money. Amen. Because He has all the money on the thousand hills and the silver and all the mines, right? So we just tap into God's resources and stop trying to tap into our own. I mean, what I always tell people is, you know, my father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's just got to butcher a couple. <laughs> well, why don't we wrap up a little bit? Uh, this, there's a couple of other verses here. Yeah. People are thinking about getting into business. And yeah. I know, I, I do know that a lot of people want to do that. After they've worked a company for 10, 15, 20 years, and, and, and which I admire people that work, I have friends that work down at BIW for 45, 50 years. I admire that. Built a nice retirement and all that. And, and that's what, you know, they did. Yeah. I notice a lot of people just want to be in the business. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, uh, so a couple of things. You know, we I read that a little bit about that Proverbs twenty nine eighteen where there's no vision, the people perish. You got to have a vision, but if you're you know going into business, you have to have a vision uh, uh, to make it, you got to have a vision to make it work. How are you going to make it work? A plan, a business plan. When I went to Grenada, I had to put a whole business plan plan together for for Parliament. My whole business plan in government went before the Parliament for approval. I had to have background checks on me. I had to have an accountant put a business plan together. I had to do all these things. I got I got a 30-year tax exemptionation down there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the story is, is, is sorry. Now, now, did I do it in the flesh? I believe it was in the flesh because that business didn't succeed; it failed. Um, so you got to have a vision if you want to make it. If you want to, a long-term vision of that business to last. Mm-hmm. Uh, Proverbs 16:13: Commit thy work unto the Lord, and thy thought shall be established. So what I said about praying, and waiting on the Lord, bring it before the Lord and wait. That's right. Right? Amen. Wait on the Lord. That's right. So there's another British principle to think about. Amen Matthews. That. I love this one. Matthew 6.33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. See what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're planning a business, seek ye, seek ye mm-hmm. the kingdom of God and his righteousness mm-hmm. and all these things shall be added unto you. Business is like the gospel in the sense that you network way. Right. Okay. You get saved. You influence people, and they get saved. And it's a network. Right. Businesses. You have to have a network of people and customers gotcha. to make it work. Yeah. So all these business is really a biblical principles. Oh. It's funny because the world, the unsaved world, uses all God's principles to succeed in the business world. Right. And they don't even know it. Right. Yeah. Is that the way it goes? Except maybe the only caveat I would add is there are some that are very you know philanthropy minded, but. In many cases, they're, they're building for a kingdom here versus a greater Well, that's it. Yeah. And then Proverbs 16, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. I love it. Isn't that nice? I love it. So love it. we can go to the Lord for these things. If yeah. you're thinking about business, go to the Lord, especially Amen. as a Christian. I mean, you go to the Lord. He's the, he's, he's the all-knowing. Yeah. He knows the future. He knows it all. And then so the other second thing I would just quickly go down to uh, if you can, if you decide to start a business, uh, you start out with an idea. Uh, you want to bring that idea to a lot of people, family, and friends. And allow and be humble enough to allow people to criticize your idea. Okay. Uh, conduct a market research. 
Now, people call me all the time. I've been in storage for a long time. Hey, I'm thinking about starting storage. Uh, I don't know if in this area, if I could have um, uh, this room for another storage building. I said, it's really simple. You got, some, you got people up in the storage business? Yeah. I said, you just drive through the lock. If there's a lock on every single space, or mostly all the spaces are locked up, that means them are all rented. Which means? Which means there's more market. They go, really? That simple? I go, yeah, that's how I did it. Okay? So I never forget driving to Lawston. More storage on the left. They were the only ones around. Mm-hmm. He used to own a Chrysler dealership and then he sold that out and he went into the storage business. I drive by that's fascinating looking at that business. And one day I pulled in and go, Oh, this is this is this is a cool business. Well my uncle Chauncey up on Route 9, my first uh, property I bought, he had a storage business, but it was just cold storage. Okay. And I got looking at the building, he wanted to sell it. I got looking at the building and I had to convert the whole building. I hired Representative Rick Mason to go to work for me for a while. He, he did the whole building. But oh, anyway, nice. I bought that building, got everybody out of it, turned it into cubicles, like a storage thing. Yeah. I filled it up like I couldn't believe it. Wow. So then it kept growing them and growing them. Right. But see how see how it is? So you right. so get ideas. You got to do market research. Do some research. Um, write a business plan. Okay. You know, okay. once you do that, you got to have you got to pay taxes. You got you got to go and get a, a federal tax ID mm-hmm. so that you can pay your taxes. Uh, open a bank account. Secure financing, which you've got to have the capital. I just want to say this: mm-hmm. do not open up a business if you don't have something to fall back on. Right. Yeah. Now, there's, if it's a great idea and it's going to be a business, you can have uh, this capital of investors that want to invest in your business. Mm-hmm. You put the business plan before them, sure. and you pay a higher interest rate because they're taking more risk, or you, you borrow money off your family, or right. you get a line of credit, or whatever you got to do. But boy, if it's high risk, be careful on how you finance your business yeah. because if it because if it fails, you're oh. going to pay for a long time. And what's the number one thing that they say causes divorce? Yeah, yeah. Look at statistics. Finances. Finances. Yeah, and, and I guess I would just ask you, with the climate the way it is, I'm not talking weather, although that's also true here in the Northeast. Fuel oil, we've got rumors of diesel fuel running out. We're, we're, people say we're not, but I already think we're in a recession. I would think, you're the business guy, but I would think you'd been want to be real careful right now opening the business. You better make sure you have a lot of overhead because if you don't, you're going to get driven in the ground. You right? want to yeah. be prepared. Yeah. You've got to be prepared for the recession. Yeah. I've been in business a long time in this cycles and you, 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 the, the economy goes up. Because yeah. politicians are, are famous at creating false economies right. because they want to stay in power because people are going to vote their wallet. They're going to right. vote their finances. Like this year, we're going to see probably a red wave because people can't afford to buy groceries. Right. They can't afford to put heat in their oil tank. And so they're going to vote that way. They're going to forget all them other principles and the moral, some of the moral stuff, and they're just going to vote their pocketbook. That's how people do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so... Yeah, you better be already in the principles, but anyways. Yeah, no, keep going. I stopped you halfway no, through. No, you got uh, a couple more principles there. Oh, yeah, this okay. is great. Well, and then, of course, today, and I told you the story earlier before we started, in the self-storage business, it used to be all about yellow page ads. Mm-hmm. So if somebody was looking for storage, they went to the yellow pages, and there was a point, uh, probably 10 years ago, because I was in two different newspaper locations. So half my business was in the Lisbon area, which was North and Auburn paper. And then down in Brunswick, it was the Times Record. Oh, wow. So I had to advertise in both. Yeah. Okay. So it was 20, I was paying $2,400 a month just in advertisement. That's crazy. But that's how people called. Right. Well, that's gone. Who have you, when's the last time you used the telephone book? 
No, what do you do? You got your smartphone like I do, right? So build a website and and I'll tell you, spend your money and build a proper website. Hire a professional. I hired a company that specializes nationwide in self-storage promotion. And if you Google my company in this area, it'll be, it comes up number one. Yeah, right. Okay, so first thing, I have the first shot at people when they Google it because they they see craft cell storage. The key is don't be afraid to spend money on technology because yeah. if you don't, you're going to be left behind because your competitor is going to do it and you're going to be left there holding the bag, as they yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. So this is some quick quick things to, to think about in business. I love uh, it. I love and, it. Uh, and, and you know what? We need more businessmen. We need more people. We uh, do. And especially God-based, God uh, God-fearing. Right. Amen. The, the Christians. And, and I'll just say this because Dan Wall, you know, when he talks about giving back, you know, um, he, you know he does that a lot. He's, he's very kind and generous to the ministry and his time and finances. And I've experienced that professionally and personally. But I think even bigger than that, you know, uh, Dale's own dad lives with him. Uh, a good friend of ours, Fred, uh, you know, Dale has a... Uh, an extra room that he allows Fred to stay at. And so Dale, you know, lives what he speaks and, and maybe a different time we'll get to it, but he's been busting his butt to, you know, uh, do, do some different heating. And, uh, and well, and the reality is because we, we know times are going to be tough, you yeah. know, and, uh, and you're getting ready in case they get really tough. And so, yeah. you know, just, you know, for those that don't know Dale, he lives what he speaks, you know, the kingdom of heaven is more important. And I just want you to know, I appreciate that. So uh, one last one to close this. And this is always a hard one, so mm-hmm. you, you can change it next time we do a podcast. But if if you were going to write a book, and, and sort of if you had a title or a couple of maybe a couple of titles, and you said, you know, this is what would that book be? You know, about business. Let's say if you you know whether it's a phrase that comes to your mind, or you know if you so like mine would probably be something like what my dad said: hard work, son, hard work. <laughs> if you had something like that. What would sort of be Dale Craft's title of his book, you know, when it comes to like businesses as a Christian, what would you title that? Well, as I've grown through the years in the Lord, you know, which is a, is a beautiful journey. Mm, amen. And the, and the beautiful part is there's no end to that journey. Yeah. In growth. Right. Right. We never can ever get to the place of God, but we can uh, become more like him as we seek him. But it's really, I find that if you want to take the stresses and stuff out of your life, as you do these things and as you step out, you really got to put, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Mm, Because if you don't do that, you're going to be doing it in the strength of your flesh and your flesh will fail you. And my flesh has. And uh, that whole trip to Grenada, I I can tell you that that was I was determined that I wasn't going to be defeated whether God was in it or not right. because I was you know, I played sports I was the captain of the football team I was yeah. a running back yeah. and you don't quit because right. your sure. coach drills that in your head you should never quit and if you right. do quit you're a sissy right. now sometimes it goes too far and, and, and you pay a price for that because you, yeah. you, you when there's time you should humble yourself and quit because the writing's on the wall right. well some of that stuff I didn't so you know we talked about earlier about just having the patience to wait on the Lord yeah. and to get that answer in stone Right. Not that I isn't isn't it funny how over the years I just said, Well I prayed about it. Right. Well what's that got to do with it? Right. I'm glad you prayed about it. Yeah. But did you get your answer or did you just move forward anyways? Because you really wanted to do it. So you just added God in over here, you know, so you could say you prayed about it, but really in the end, you was gonna do what you was gonna do anyways. Right. Now Pastor Dave always used to say, 
Well, we, you know, Christians do what they want. They bur- he used to call them Burger King Christians. I have it my own way. <laughs> oh, he used true. to say it all the time. He goes, well, we're a bunch of Burger King Christians. Yeah. I have it my way. Yeah. So I guess the answer is this right here. Don't make it your way. Yeah. Make it God's way. God's way. Amen. I don't care what it's doing. Your marriage, raising mm-hmm. your children, yeah. starting a business, right. whatever you do. Yeah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and Amen. his righteousness. I love it. And all these things will be added unto you Amen. in God's perfect plan. Amen. That's really it. Oh, you heard it here first. When that book comes out, I'll be buying it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I was thinking, not not that we should do this, but, you know, so don't be, I like what Pastor Dave says, don't be a Burger King Christian. Be a Dunkin' Donuts Christian. America runs on Dunkin'. So, so <laughs> run, run, run on Jesus. Hey, run on Jesus. Amen. There you go. Amen. All right. Well, Amen. thank you, Dale, for your time. Oh, thank for you. Your friendship and for being uh, faithful. And, you know, if anybody uh, wants to reach out to you, Dale's on most of the platforms. Um, yeah. And he's done everything. You know, he's a father. He's a grandfather. You're not a great-grandfather yet, are you? Not yet. All right. No. So, but that, that's probably not long down no, the road. That might not be. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's been a politician. Uh, he's a Christian businessman. Uh, you know, he's an uncle. He's a brother. He's a son. I, most importantly, he, he is a, he's a kingdom man. Um, but you know, I think if you had to strip it all down and we're, we're just about ready to set my, my record for the longest uh, <laughs> podcast. So might as well keep it going for another minute or two. Yeah. Right. But, um, you know, of all of those things, uh, in talking to you, I would say being a father and a son and a Christian and a husband, like those, those are what, those well, are what define you. That's and, what we're called to do. Yeah. And, and, and I just, I just, uh, appreciate that in, in your friendship and, you know, uh, one of your best friends, uh, probably your best friend, Tim Haggerty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what a what, what a friendship you guys have had. And so yeah. it, I only, we only got a minute or so left. But as we do, can you speak just finally on that, on the, the role in your life of friends? Like, how important oh, is that so in your business? Like, oh, just give us a yeah. minute or so on that. What I've would had, be... Yeah, I've had a lot of business friends over the years that I consulted and certainly my family. I could consult yeah. my brothers, my sisters, my dad. Yeah. And But it, it's really key. You know, we have to be humble. You know, if one thing if I want to say, as prideful as, as I was growing up and as I have been over the years and still oh, have yeah. to deal, deal with the things of pride is, right. life's all about humility. If right. you really want to learn something, humble yourself, open up to somebody and yeah. let them help you. It, and yeah. that's where my, the Tim Haggerty's in my life and you know, my pastors in my life and, yeah. and you and this friendship that we have is so key. Amen. Because we just think that, man, we're just going to toughen up. Yeah. You know, I start that in football, toughen up. I remember one time I got knocked out, concussion, and I woke up and mm-hmm. coach wanted to know why I didn't get up fast enough. You know, because that's what we're taught. But wait a minute, easy now, right? Right, yeah. Okay, it's nice to be tough and have fortitude and stick to it. Right. But no, be humble is more important. Amen. Forget the pride, humble yourself. And, and have a relationship with somebody that you can trust, that you can open up to the most deepest things in your life you're yeah. struggling with. Amen. If you really want to get help, yeah, people need help. We're all struggling. That's right. Internally. Yeah, that's right. And have a have a Timothy. Have somebody in your life mm-hmm. that's there. And I have many of them. Yeah. And, and part of my ability to keep going is being a paraplegic for 40 years yeah. and going through some deep waters yeah. is because of them people yeah. that you have around you are so important. Build relationships. Amen. Amen. And now, you know, Dale's not only giving back in a financial and physical way, but you and I, we won't name names, but now you are, you are being the Paul to some Timothy's. And 
Uh, and you're still Timothy St. Paul's, right? And mm-hmm. and we need those Barnabases in our life. Yes, so, we do. Well, we officially, uh, whether it was a record we meant to do or not, we officially <laughs> set the record for the longest well, podcast. Well, there you go. Amen. <laughs> of, course, of course, for those of you that listen, uh, you know, it, it, this... Uh, uh, Anchor only allows me to go an hour, so we could go about another 45 seconds, yeah. and it cuts me off anyway. Yeah, right. but, but I want to say thank you again. Thank you, um, And today I have been with who? Dale Crafts. Dale Crafts. I'm Jonathan Jones from Northeast by Midwest. Hey, go out there, uh, be a businessman, be a businesswoman, but be yeah. a Christian businessman, yeah. a businesswoman. And you reach out to Dale or I. We'd love to talk to you. God bless you, and have a great day.